0: So glad to have you with us in this hour. Um, a conversation now about insurrection, but not the one that you uh, are used to hearing about. Uh, followers of a particular politi- politician, that is, uh, protest the outcome of, a, of, a, of, a, of an election uh, that they say was rigged and stolen. They trash government offices and uh, end up drawing condemnation from their government and the international community. Uh, it sounds familiar, but this insurrection is not the one in Washington, January six, two years ago. Uh, this one is in Brazil, uh, talking now about the Brazil capital riots with Bloomberg columnist Eduardo Porter and why he thinks this is not the last uh, U.S.-inspired insurrection that we will see uh, around the globe. I said earlier uh, at the top of our show today that democracy apparently ain't the only thing we're exporting these days. Eduardo Parta, good to have you on this program, sir. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well. Hey, thanks for having me.
0: It's my great delight to um, to have you on. Um, for those who have been seeing, you know, uh, stories here and there, but not particularly following this, um, as you know as well as I do that uh, we Americans can be a little arrogant, uh, and we pay attention. Um, uh, uh, scantily to our own news but not so much the news around the globe but this story i think has gotten the attention of more people because uh it mirrors so much what we saw in washington uh two years ago this last friday so again for those who've not been really covering or seeing uh detail about what's happening in brazil take a few minutes just to explain what's happened in brazil
1: well it looks really a lot like what we saw here on January 6th, a couple of years ago in Washington. It was a mob of supporters of the former president, Jair Bolsonaro, who were frustrated at his loss in the election to the now president, Lula da Silva, and who were by chanting that the election had been stolen, that there was voting fraud and whatnot. They marched upon a series of buildings that housed not only the Congress, but also the presidential offices and the Supreme Court in the capital of Brasilia, and they basically stormed. They stormed the buildings. Um, you know, you can see them rampaging through the congressional building. You know, throw, throwing furniture around, ransacking the offices. Um, it would look. It, I mean, the image. If you had put this side to side with January 6 video footage, it looks really really similar except that in Brazil most of the most of the rioters were wearing uh the yellow color of the brazilian flag yellow and green uh but otherwise it looked really similar a bunch of really angry insane people uh taking it out on the on the uh, uh on, on the congress mm.
0: and what were they so upset about um in in this country we know that these uh these trumpists were were upset because they thought the election was stolen uh, and um, hence January 6th breaks out. In Brazil, what specifically were they uh, upset about with regard to uh, to Lula being uh, elected once again?
1: Well, I think there's. they were, the claim out there in the street was this election was stolen very, very much like it was in the United States. And in fact, to tell you the truth, some of the people in the Bolsonaro camp had been liaising with Trump and his allies. So it's not a coincidence that the arguments are so similar, but they were making, you know, the claim that the election was stolen, that Brazilian voting machines had somehow tipped the result against them in, in, in some insidious way. Uh, but there's also, there was there was an, an, another kind of element, which was the element that we can't have Lula as a president because he is the corrupt uh, communist, and we can't have a communist in office. As you may know, Lula, the former who was president mm-hmm. back in the day, he was indicted and jailed for corruption. And he spent some time in prison before he was released uh because it was found that the the prosecution of the case had a bunch of irregularities and so it, so a, a court let him out of prison and let him run again for the presidency but he had been jailed for corruption and so there was this argument that this guy shouldn't be running for president he should be in prison plus he's a commie uh, so, you know, we can't have him run the country. Mm. So that and the election of fraud were basically the two main calls yet, uh, on Sunday.
0: Yep. Let me, before I get back to the protest, let me, let me go to Lula. And I, I'm, I'm glad you went there. I was going to ask you about that anyway for those who don't really follow Brazil politics. I, I, I met Lula many years ago, spent some time with him uh, in Brazil. Uh, he is quite the character. I've been honored in my career to, to, to talk to some really fascinating people like Lula, uh, Castro in Cuba. I've been around the globe Been very fortunate, very honored and just blessed uh, to be in conversation with some pretty amazing characters uh, on the international scene. And um, I, there was always a part of me, at Waddle that knew that at some point these charges and allegations with Lula were going to turn. At some point, Lula, who was extremely popular in Brazil, uh, a trade unionist, has always stood up for, for, for everyday people, stood up for labor. Um, Lula, just just an iconic figure. Um, you know, in, in, in Brazil, you got, you got, you got, you got Pele and you got Lula, right? Pele, of course, we just, we, <laughs> yeah. we just put Pele to, to, to rest the other day, the, the world's greatest soccer player. Uh, but those are the two, those are the, those are two icons in that, in that great nation of Brazil. Uh, but you, you shared a little bit about Lula's past, but say a bit more about Lula for those who, um, just don't really know a bit about how iconic he is in that country.
1: Oh, he's he is definitely an icon. Probably the most charismatic and successful president in the era of democracy in Brazil. Which, as you know, Brazil hasn't been a democracy for that long. It was yep. run by mili- the military up into the into the nineteen eighties. Uh, and Lula, I mean, he's been he's been he ran for president since the very uh, advent of democracy. Since uh, democracy was restored, he ran for president. He lost a few times before winning. And then it turned. He he won, and he governed for two consecutive terms, and they were extremely successful terms. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Brazilian economy had a very, very solid performance, and Lula's policies of you know of redistribution, of taking care of people, kind of like at the bottom of the income scale, uh, were extremely successful in alleviating poverty and, in fact, reducing inequality. So I think by many standards, Lula's. Administration was a resounding success, and so he is enormously respected. He has an enormous following, as, as you point out. I mean, there's Pele and Lula. I, I mean, maybe that's a little exaggerated <laughs> because Pele is like, you know, kind of on another planet. But uh, but Lula, yes, he is is extremely extremely well regarded by half of the Brazilian population.
0: Yeah, and- because
1: he also has a very high negative amongst the other half.
0: Yeah, yeah, And many would argue uh, that because he has always been for everyday people, as I, as I mentioned, he came out of the labor movement. Uh, many would argue that the trouble that he found himself in, in part, was because of his policies vis-a-vis wealth redistribution in that country, that there was a whole segment of that population, specifically those who are well-to-do, that never fancied Lula.
1: I think that's true, but you know what? At the during his administration, in in particular his first term, he came to a kind of like a, a reasonable understanding with with money, you know, with mm-hmm. the moneyed class, with capital. Um, he had a very orthodox finance minister, and so he wasn't seen as like a crazy lefty. In fact, he was seen as a very pragmatic. Politician, which you know, all kind of like it speaks to to the, the, his talents as a politician and his abilities as as um, as a president. And I don't think he was particularly loathed by by you know the owners of by businesses and and financial markets and stuff like that. His successor Dilma, who who, you know, he basically, you know, put into power after his second term, Mm -hmm. she was way less successful. She was way less able than he was. And she also governed in a bit more of a difficult economic context. And so she was definitely very, very polarizing. And so there was a lot of bad will associated with her term. Um, And then, of course, corruption scandals exploded in Brazil and, in fact, across Latin America, and both Dilma and Lula got entangled in them. And and yeah, and and his enemies, which I would say are not necessarily urban businesses, but a lot of like the kind of rural money, Mm -hmm. you know, the Northeast and the Mato Grosso, you know, kind of like agricultural interests and whatnot, they were very, very much against Lula who had a very aggressive kind of uh, environmental agenda uh, that included very, very strong protection of the Amazon. So he made a lot of enemies in that way. And then he also made, you know, he was never liked by the evangelical community in, 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 in Brazil, which is extremely powerful. For other reasons, kind of like, you know, the social conservatism reasons that are also common in the United States.
0: Speaking of uh, speaking of commonalities with the United States, when we come forward in conversation with Eduardo Porter, we'll uh, talk uh, more about these protesters. That's a big bit of the backstory on the current president, Lula. I wanted to make sure that if you you haven't followed these kinds of politics, uh, that you know a bit more about uh, uh, Lula, as he's called in um, in Brazil, Uh, President Lula da Silva. Uh, but, uh, again, when we come forward with Eduardo, we're going to go back to these protesters because uh, the Bolsonaro uh, supporters, just the former president uh, Bolsonaro, his supporters are the ones who sort of trash these government buildings. And when you heard Eduardo say a moment ago that they were in conversation with the Trump people here again, <laughs> we're not just exporting democracy around the globe. We're now exporting U.S.-inspired Uh, Insurrections, uh, and uh, that's troubling for me. We'll continue our conversation with Bloomberg's Eduardo Porter when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Let's unpack a little bit more with Tavis Smiley. The conversation continues right now. Right now, now. continuing now uh, our conversation with Eduardo Porter uh, of the uh, Bloomberg. Opinion and columnist there and author of a number of books, including *American Poison*, how racial hostility, hostility destroyed our promise, and *The Price of Everything*, finding method in the madness of what things cost. A wonderful writer, uh, great opinion uh, columnist for Bloomberg. Is Walter Porter, and I'm glad to have him on um, for the rest of this hour. Um, I was I was laughing at Walter during the break, uh, just remembering and uh, rereading. Uh, speaking of similarities, um, the celebration when Lula returned to. The presidency that they had uh, at his uh, swearing-in was called Lula Palooza, <laughs> <They had, they, laughs> so there, there are a lot of similarities. Uh, they, they take our stuff, man. So it's called Lula Palooza, uh, the big celebration uh, of Lula returning, uh, Lula da Silva as president of uh, the great nation of, uh, of of Brazil. But I want to get back to these, to these, um, to these rioters, these protesters. So again, Lula comes back uh, to win a third term, two consecutive terms. Yeah. They go after Lula. Lula ends up in jail. Lula comes out of jail. Lula's a hero. Lula runs for president again. Lula wins the president again against the incumbent. Uh, Mr. Bolsonaro and his uh, followers, supporters go crazy uh, and they start trashing government buildings and they do their own sort of insurrection, a la what we saw again on January 6, two years ago, in case you're just tuning in, bringing you up to speed on what we're talking about in Brazil, uh, the insurrection that we saw there, that was uh, a, 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 a mirror insurrection of what happened here two years ago. Eduardo Porter made it clear earlier in this conversation that there's evidence now that they were in conversations with some of the Trump folk. Tell me more about that, Eduardo.
1: Well, look, the the Bolsonaro folks were
0: in conversation with with Trump's
1: people even before the election in Brazil. Uh, So there's reports of August of 2021 where Mr. Bolsonaro's son, uh, uh, Eduardo, uh comes to the US and meets Steve Stephen Bannon and tells him that the Brazilian Brazil has a very sophisticated electronic voting system. I mean it's amazing. You have the results of the election like within hours of of the of it having finished, you know, it's very, very fast, very, very precise. But anyway, this guy comes and tells Bannon that you know, that the electronic voting system is ridiculous and it's vulnerable to mass fraud and and so on and so forth. Then, you know, uh, uh, th- th- this Eduardo meets Trump. He goes to Mar-a-Lago. He, you know, talks strategy with, with, uh, with Bannon some more. He meets with other people in, in, in the Trump orbit, including advisor Jason Miller. Um, and basically, they're kind of like talking about, well, there's going to be fraud in the election. And and so th- there was this conversation before the election happened, just basically kind of like seeding mistrust in the Brazilian electoral technology and the electoral system was something that was shared between the, the Trump camp and the Bolsonaro camp, mm. and and even you know like as the as the riots in Brazil were happening on Sunday, you had Bannon on on social media. Basically calling the the, the, the the rioters freedom fighters. I mean, mm. you know, very, very similar to yeah. the kind of voice he was sounding here.
0: The Washington Post is reporting that Brazilian officials knew of the protest days before it happened. Five days, in fact, they knew about it, but thought they could contain it. Our remaining moments with Eduardo Porter when we come forward on KBLA Talk. Conversations that matter. You're listening to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. Got just a few minutes left uh, before, the, before the top of the hour in conversation with Eduardo Porter about uh, these um, riots, the insurrection in Brazil, a la what we saw here two years ago in Washington. Very quickly, uh, Eduardo, um, two things I want to bring uh, to your attention and um, get your take on it. Uh, as I said a moment ago, uh, we were told by the Washington Post and other and other outlets that they knew about this. Brazilian officials about five days before Thought they could contain it. That's a little bit different than what happened here two years ago, if you believe the reports that <laughs> that we've heard here, that people just didn't know, even though obviously a lot of people did. Um, somebody knew about it. Uh, secondly, um, they went immediately uh, into arresting people. They arrested like 1,500 people almost immediately, again, unlike what we did here. So, again, it's a U.S.-style insurrection, but there are a number of things that are different uh, about how they handled it or didn't handle it versus the U.S. I got a couple minutes left. Your thoughts on that broadly?
1: Well, yeah, I mean you're right, but there's also some evidence that there were some bad actors in government in Brazil that kind of contributed to let this happen. So, for instance, it's it's known that the the governor of the federal district where the capital is was suspended by the Supreme Court, which is going to examine his role in actually letting this thing happen. There's some evidence that the government of the federal district actually ex- escorted the protesters to the square where they went crazy. So the cops, there's, there's all sorts of footage of the cops doing nothing while these protesters are starting to, to, to go crazy and so there's there's a lot of open questions about to what extent some uh members of the security forces, which we know in some instances are actually very friendly with the Bolsonaro camp, might have just you know turned a blind eye or even worse and let this happen
0: mm. and give me uh, finally your sense of why you believe um your understanding uh your your viewpoint uh regarding why you believe that this won't be the last time we see a U.S.-inspired insurrection somewhere around the globe?
1: Well, you know, and just just looking at Brazil's neighborhood, uh, it's, become, it's, it's having a very unsettled political period, political time. And if you look at polling around the countries, around Chile, Peru, Argentina, Brazil, Ecuador, so far, you know this, there's, a, there's a poll that asks people about their belief in democracy as a system of government. And support for democracy is at a historic low. There's a lot of you know, and so that is kind of like a very fertile ground for this kind of you know, for for uh, political actors to take advantage of this frustration and this, this this sense of of disillusionment with democracy, and to whip up crowds to, uh, you know, bring you know, to change government by by uh, uh, by rioters in the streets. So I do think that there is a lot of, that, that, that there's, we're in a dangerous moment and people have been watching on TV. You know, they, everybody was watching what was happening in Washington on January 6th. Yeah. And now everybody was watching what happened in Brazil on January 8th. Yeah. So now, you know, there's this new tool out there for, for, you know, political entrepreneurs who want to leverage, you know, mass disillusionment with, with you know, economic troubles and with, with corrupt political systems. And so I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see
0: some of this repeated, I'll leave it there. (laughs) His name is Eduardo Porter. He is a Bloomberg opinion columnist covering Latin America, uh, U.S. economic policy and immigration. He's the author of a number of texts, uh, including American Poison, How Racial Hostility Destroyed Our Promise. Eduardo Porter, thank you for your reporting. Thank you for your writing. Thank you for this conversation. I appreciate you, sir.
1: Thanks a lot, Tavis. It was great to
0: be here. My honor. Good to have you on. When we come forward after news, traffic, and sports, sorry, 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 the case for good apologies. You're listening to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 15.